You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Uh, Tony and I are both licensed Texas attorneys and we come to you every Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. on 104.5 and 106.1 IR Lone Star. Um, Every week Tony and I cover a vast array of legal topics. We, like I said, we're attorneys here in Texas and we're here for you. It's a public service. We want to answer your questions. We want to talk about things that you want to hear about. So whatever those are, I mean, Tony and I have talked last week. We talked about service of process. That's getting your lawsuit served. We've talked about domestic violence. We've talked about divorce. We've talked about uh, DWIs, drunk driving. We've talked about real estate things. So whatever you want to hear us discuss, just email us at questions at legalconnectionshow.com. And we will try to make that a priority and talk about legal issues that you want to hear about. So today, Tony and I are going to be talking about the topic mediation. Mediation. And Ethan, our, our uh, DJ and station manager, is here today. Me- uh, Ethan, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Sorry, my mic wasn't close to my mouth. Yeah, good. <laughs> Have you ever heard of mediation? Do you have any idea what mediation is? No, I do not. I have no idea what that is. Mediation, well, then then that's a good question. I bet our, our listeners want to know the same thing. Um, mediation is a great way. It's sort of a modern trend, but it's a great way to solve legal disputes. It can be cheaper and quicker, and a lot of times mediation is used uh, when... You don't want to find someone guilty of a crime or make someone pay um, big damages and stuff. It's a, it's a, it's also used uh, when you want to preserve the relationship that you have with the party that you're in mediation with. Um, so commonly, it's used in divorce situations. Isn't that right, Tony? It is used in divorce situations all the time. Yeah, and I like the free one. I'm just going to be an advocate for the free mediations offered by Montgomery County and Harris County. Mm-hmm. They are amazing. It's mm-hmm. like dealing with Solomon because they're not out in there for the money, and most of the time they're volunteers, and they have so much experience. I just love them. I do, too. Uh, you can get free mediations uh, or very, very cheap mediations at the Dispute Resolution Centers. We have one in Harris mm-hmm. County. There's one here in Montgomery County. Um, so... What what mediations are? Well, you know, I talked about that. It's a great way to solve disputes. But mediations are when you sit down with a, a non-biased, uh, an independent, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, impartial. Yes. An impartial individual who is your mediator. That is, uh, we don't have licensing, but we have uh, 40 hours worth of education that mediators uh, go through. Anyone can actually hold themselves out as a mediator, but they do have to go through an education process. Many times my kids have been mediators. 
There you go. In fact, my daughter actually is a mediator. Right. And um, is it, but you need a certification or you don't? You don't need a certification. Really? Yeah, I'm a mediator. I've mediated lots of uh, land dispute, um, landlord-tenant dispute issues. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, you don't need a, you don't have a certificate mm-hmm. in Texas, but you can become a mediator through, like I said, the education process. I think it's a 40-hour program that you have to go through, huh. and then you get some experience. Well, I know my daughter mediation. has uh, like mediation certificates from A&M. She went through several full-blown Aggie mediation courses. And well, those are probably just certificates for her courses. I mean, I have a certificate. It was but- No, I don't think it was, actually. It was outside of school. It was something that she just wanted to do to get that certificate. It was a certification, but I don't know if it was a state certified or whatever. But that's maybe difference. it was Aggie certified. That's and see, that's what I have mm-hmm. too. I have a certification, but it's not a state. We don't have state certified mediators in Texas. Well, I think an Aggie certified mediator would be better. Would be amazing. Oh yeah, you're so you're so A and M y. So anyway, what happens in a mediation? Well, first, typically, you know. Um, Let's talk about the difference. I don't know if any of our listeners have heard of uh, arbitration and mediation. Well, let me just give the definition real quick of mediation, mediation. because, okay. um, you know, the first time I heard it, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's it, your two people are mediating. Two people come together that have a dispute and they're mediating. And you always hear it. It's uh, in fact, I took a look at a little questionnaire before we came here to see how much I knew about it since it had been so long. And I made a 50. Uh-oh. <laughs> it was so tricky. I was having test anxiety, just like when I took the bar. It's oh, like, no. which answer is it? I was so scared. And then I did okay. But here it was like I didn't, I didn't have a lot of test anxiety, but I was running out of time. Okay, so mediation. Mediation is first and foremost a non-binding procedure that is so important for everybody that's ordered a mediation. It's non-binding. Don't feel like you have to settle. This is just two people coming together with a, an, a, a non-biased uh, disinterested third party individual and everyone thinks they're so afraid oh i've got to settle you don't in arbitration that's different we're going to talk about that in a minute but the mediation is just a way for the court to say y'all need to talk because maybe you can settle this before we have to put all the time and expense into the court anyway this means that even though the parties have agreed to submit a dispute to mediation they are not obligated to continue the mediation process after the first meeting well, we need to tell that to a few courts that have ordered no us to mediation several times when we knew we weren't going to settle. Right. Um, in this sense, the parties remain always in control of a mediation. The continuation of the process depends on their continuance, continuing to accept it. In other words, you should, after you've given a good hard try at mediation and you didn't, you didn't succeed, you should be able to walk away from it. The non-binding nature of mediation means also the decision cannot be imposed on the parties. In order for any settlement to be conducted, the parties must voluntarily, and that's very important, voluntarily agree to accept it. Unlike a judge or an arbitrator, therefore, the mediator is not a decision maker. The role of mediator is rather to assist the parties in reaching their own decision on a settlement of the dispute. The mediator is just kind of, just like you would imagine, kind of, and you know this because you've done it. Um, there are two main ways in which the mediators assist parties in reaching their own decision, which correspond to two types of are models of mediation practiced throughout the world. The first model is to facilitate mediation. The mediator endeavors to facilitate the communication between the parties. And let me see what the second one was. Let me skip on over all that stuff. Uh, the second model, in evaluative, an evaluative mediation, the mediator provides a non-binding assessment or evaluation of the dispute, which the parties are then free to accept or reject. And I just went to a mediation, and the, and the mediator had his, this is what he did. He had his own opinion of things. 
and it was so annoying. I much prefer the first one. Right. <laughs> it was like, hold up. Who are you to be bringing in a third? I mean, he didn't help at all. He yeah. just wanted, and he was very expensive. He just wanted uh, to be prolonged so he could tell the judge that we had mediated in good faith. And it was unfair because we got charged extra and we didn't even want to be there. Well, so, for example, how much did he cost? I mean, to give our listeners a, an example of what mediation um, cost. We even told the judge, and this is in a probate case, that we did not believe that under based on the facts that we had, and how much dispute and discord there was, mm-hmm. that mediation was not going to Even be. Appropriate. We knew it was not going to work because mm-hmm. it was so clear that there was uh, criminal fraud involved. I mean, fraud and criminal acts involved. Mm-hmm. There was no way we were going to mediate out of this person not being held accountable for the bad act. Right. And so um, the judge sent us to mediation anyway, and we're like, okay, let's go to one of the less expensive ones because, you know, my client got ripped off. Mm-hmm. And the other guy had all the money, okay? Mm-hmm. The judge said, nope, nope, you're going to go to a mediator. And he assigned one. One that we didn't have a choice. It was just who the judge assigned. And he ended up wanting to charge us, I think it was, um, a half day was $900 mm-hmm. and a full day was 1200 something like that. And the full days are 12 That's typical. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, no way. We don't even need and a half day. that's per party. That's, that's per, per party, party. So if there's two parties on one side, mm-hmm. then they're getting that much more. It's just insane. Right. And so we um, we said, okay, we'll take the half day. No, no, I think you're going to a full day. No, we'll take the half day mm-hmm. unless you want to pay for it and then everyone's arguing back and forth about how they weren't going to pay for it it's like we're doing the half day the mm-hmm. judge didn't say what they're supposed to be half for a full day and then the mediator said i'll be giving i'll just do the half day even though i think it's going to be a full day and then when we got there and we didn't settle and we knew we weren't going to and we really tried to everyone he kept saying do this do this do this the mediator was telling us to do this and i was like no this is crazy why would we do this when it's so clear the law's on our side and um he says, uh, he goes, so he kept us in there. The mediator has to write a letter to the judge saying that you mediated in good faith and mm-hmm. you didn't settle. Right. And he kept us in there and then sent us a bill for the full day. Yeah. And the full day is $1,200 yeah. per, per party. It was, we per were, it was like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. We, were, we were like, we were trapped. But yeah. that, that's why I say I really like the volunteers. They, they, they do it on their own accord. They have good I'm not saying about all mediators, but in this one particular instance, I was incensed by it. Right. Um, Mediation really does help in situations where it's not clear that the person has violated the law and there needs to be some If there really is sort of both sides have a good story. And, well, in, or in family, family situations, trying to yeah. come up with a final uh, resolution of a divorce. And I'll say this. I, we have settled so many cases in family mediations. It's incredible, which I never thought in a million years would settle. Right. So, yeah, they are good in family situations, and most courts require it. They sure do. As a matter of fact, here in Montgomery County, um, one of the courts requires mediation for temporary orders. They've got a standing order for mediation. Wow. Well, I'll tell you this one other orders. thing before we go on our break. Um, we, uh, with the mediation, we had a, a case that was set for trial like four times, and we wanted to go to trial badly because— we, we were all, and we ended up winning when we went to trial. And every time they would come up with some excuse to continue it. And one of the times was, oh, we haven't mediated. Well, mm-hmm. they didn't want to mediate. And then they kept dropping their attorney. And then we got, we got moved on again without, because of the, the judge wanted a mediation. Mm-hmm. But we well, did end up winning at trial. Well, <laughs> that's good news. Okay, we're about to go to break, but I just want to give you some information. We have a website, www.legalconnectionshow.com. And you can listen to us live on Facebook. Just go to Facebook forward slash Legal Connection Show. Or if you want to use the old-fashioned phone method, you can voicemail us at 
529-5862. That's how to get in touch with us. Were you going to say something? And yes, if you want to Facebook a question today on any topic, right. our station manager, Ethan, will read the questions to us right off Facebook and we'll answer them. That's right. And we will be right back after the break. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is a nonprofit organization serving Montgomery County and surrounding areas dedicated to the health and well-being of the boxer breed. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is run and managed 100% by volunteers since 1999. Our main objective is to rescue, rehabilitate, and rehome boxers that come to us from many sources, including local animal shelters, owner surrenders, and strays. For more information about Lone Star Boxer Rescue, visit our website at lsbr.org. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1 and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. Welcome back to the Legal Connection Show with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are here today talking about mediation. We just talked about what mediation was. Now, Tony, I want to talk about the difference between mediation and arbitration. Okay. People get confused. Um, if I were going to define it, I would say that mediation is used more in uh, landlord-tenant law. It's used more, more in family law, and it's used when... People, the, the parties are somewhat amicable or can be with some encouragement. Arbitration is more between corporations and consumers, businesses and individuals. And I will butt in right now to say um, I have done only a few arbitrations, and I am not, I am usually opposed to arbitration because it's expensive and, all, and it's not like mediation because when you do an arbitration, Generally, you have to because it's in the contract that requires it. That's it's right. It's not a choice. Uh-huh. And um, it's expensive. You've got to pay the arbitrator. It's and the arbitrator like a, is usually a judge. Yes. Even and though the mediator can be. You've got to produce all these documents through the arbitration rules that are different from the discovery rules in trial, where at least the judge is being paid by the county or the government in a right. regular trial. Right. Arbitration, I don't even think you have a choice on who your arbitrator is. Then yeah. You might know that. No. But, but it's binding. I mean, this is like, I think it's just crazy unless mm-hmm. you're forced to. And that's when all my contracts I enter for, if whether, and I, you know, as an attorney, I look at all the contracts. 
whether it be for a car or a, a house purchase or, or, or whatever it may be, if I can strike that arbitration clause, I do. I do not like being racked into it. And if the arbitration clause is in that contract, arbitration is always favored by the courts. They want to dump it from the government onto the private people to pay for That's so true. And that's another thing, and that's it's somewhat controversial about mediation and arbitration, is that a lot of times with standing orders, like I'd mentioned previously, that in Montgomery County Court at Law 3, they have a standing order that parties in divorces will go to mediation, even for temporary orders. And mm -hmm. so one of the controversial issues about mediation is you're supposed to be able to get before a judge mm -hmm. without spending $2,000. And <laughs> right, and in mediation, you got to pay for that straight up front first before well, the you mediation even... cost. But it, how does that? That's what I mean. You would never be ordered, or at least I never have. Have you ever heard of a a family court ordering you to arbitration? Uh, right. No, I'm talking about mediation. Right. So I, I, I kind of switched gears on you. The um the arbitration clause might prevail. It might be something applicable in family court. Kind of sticking with family court. If you had a prenuptial agreement. Or a post-nup agreement right. that's got the arbitration clause built right. into it. Right. That's but that would true. be a savvy businessman it that sure put would. that they in there. Put that prenup Because together. they knew they'd be running the other side of the ground financially because they wouldn't be able to afford it. That's exactly right. But also, uh, it's controversial just about being ordered to a mediator and having to spend 1200 bucks or mm -hmm. $2,400 uh, to mediate a divorce, final divorce now, decree. I will say this. The, the, the courts in Harris and Montgomery are really good about allowing you to go to the free mediation. That's true. They and care. It, it's based on uh, what your income is or, or your net assets. And if you can get to one of them, and in Harris County, they've got the DRO and I forgot what the other one was called. DRC. DRC. I think is what it one is, is when you have kids and one is when you don't. Uh -huh. And they're, on different, they're in different buildings. But they have after-hours mediation. I love these people. And Montgomery yeah. County has the same thing they over do. here across the street from the courthouse. Mm -hmm. But... I had a family um, law. If you get an honorary opposing counsel that knows they're trying to run you into the ground, it's a game. It's all a money game. Um, and they uh, want to run the cost up, or maybe or maybe the uh, the there's been mediators that have put forth uh, campaign contributions for a particular judge who get on that Rolodex list. Mm -hmm. uh, Rolodex is nobody even uses anymore. The mediators where from. they choose it from, and you're not even allowed to select. Mm -hmm. um, then uh, you're going to end up paying. That happened in a recent divorce that I did. We we said, yeah, we, we have no problem with mediation, and I filled out the form to do it at the free one. You can do it online. It's great. And um, the other side, no, no, we want a real mediator. And it's like, they are real mediators. They're very good. No, we want a real one. So she went to the judge and said, oh, no, we're going to go with so-and-so. It was very expensive. Right. And we're like, why are we mediating on something where my guy is dying of cancer right. and he has no money and she's got all the money? And the judge is sending this to an expensive mediator. I said, well, you pay for the mediator then. Just said, no, nope, you both have to pay for it. And it was ridiculous because he didn't have the money for it and he was dying. And That's um, terrible. and I, I have no idea why they did that. But uh, sometimes the judges will order you to a, a paid mediator even when all of the facts support that it's not going to be beneficial. It's not that complex. Okay, well, let's talk about what the mediation process typically looks like. Okay, okay. so... You've got your parties, one side one and side two, and they have been ordered to mediation by the court. So mm -hmm. they, they schedule a mediation at a mediation center. They go in. Both parties and sides show up. The, both attorneys, you can, do, you can mediate without an attorney. Mm -hmm. I don't suggest that you do that, but you can. It just depends on your own case. So 
uh, both sides show up with their attorneys. They sit down. To, it's done different ways, but sometimes they sit down in a room together. Which is scary for yeah. many, many people in a divorce situation. They yeah. do not want to see that spouse uh, who has treated them badly. Right. They don't want to sit across the table from And them. usually if you let the mediator know that in advance, they won't put you in that situation. That's true. And that's another scenario. They can sit across the table from each other or they can, each party can be in their own room. But you're right. Most of the time I come in and everybody's in the same room Mm -hmm. at first. But if they're in the situation where each party is in their own room, then the mediator themselves will go back and forth. Mm -hmm. Usually in friendlier situations, they're sitting across the table from each other. The mediator will introduce themselves. Hi, I'm here today. These are my qualifications. Mm -hmm. I've reviewed your case. Are you cookies or something uh from Sam's? Would you like some coffee? Um, the more expensive mediators offer you, you know, more bagels and stuff. croissants. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they say, I'm familiar with your case. Uh, I've reviewed your facts, both sides. So let's get started. And they usually let the plaintiff or the uh, petitioner in a divorce situation go first. Tell us why we're here. You're here. Mm-hmm. And what are you hoping to accomplish mm-hmm. from this? And so they get to tell their side of the story. And then they go to the other side and they say, tell us, you know, what your response to that is. And, and I'll, I'll add that typically the mediations I've been to, the you, and I, I don't know if this is the free ones or not, I can't remember, but I usually do it. They'll ask for the live pleadings, the most current pleadings, as well as uh, what the questions are that are in dispute, what's been settled, and what you're looking for. They'll ask for that up front so the mediator has an idea of where they're going with this. Yeah, that's that's true. And they'll do that even before the mediation starts. You may have said that. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, we usually do a mediation brief. So we kind of really, we, the mediator's got everything that they, everything that we would be arguing if we went to court, which kind of prepares you for trial too, so I like it. Yeah, right. Okay, and so after the mediator discusses with the parties what they want and where they are and what they have, the mediator will then try and help the parties reach a joint resolution that they both agree on based on the terms that are in dispute. For example, if we are in County Court at Law 3 in Montgomery County and we're ordered to mediation for temporary orders for a divorce, Mm -hmm. then the mediator will try and help the parties determine when the dad is going to have the kids and when the mom is going to have the kids, what the transition looks and like. And that is so critical. I would, I'll just add that if people don't know this through about a temporary orders for divorce. It sounds like, oh, we just started this and we need temporary orders. Once that is set where the kids are going to be and what the child support is going to be, that it sets a standard. It does. And you really need to make sure that, I guess, the way it's going to kind of look, that, that you mediate something that's the, kind of the way it should, that you want it to go. Because once it kind of gets into place, the way the visitation and the the, the child support is being paid, you can this you can produce discovery. But if the kids are doing fine and it and it's because the the side that's got their way and maybe shouldn't have, um, uh, is is on their best behavior, then uh, it may stick that way, and that may not be in the really in the kids' best interest because people are manipulative. But I've seen that happen too. So temporary orders and and going to mediation for it, I think it's really really important and. If you can't mediate and settle something in the mediator's office because you're just not getting to where you need to go, by all means, set it for a temporary orders hearing. Don't rely on that. Absolutely. Don't think this is the end all. Go. Right. It's not. Mm-hmm. You can still get before a judge and talk about yes, the issues that should. are going on. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so if they do agree, then the mediator will drop some papers mm-hmm. and um, Say, you know, pending your lawyer, your attorney looking at these papers, Mm -hmm. you can sign them. Mm -hmm. Once they sign them, they'll be submitted to the judge 
for signature, and now it's a contract, mm -hmm. which has got some teeth to it. Some teeth, nothing. Once you sign that, even if it's in a weak moment because you just want to leave or you're right, hungry right. or maybe you aren't thinking clearly or you're thinking this other person's being really giving or whatever or you're having second thoughts, forget that. Yeah. Once you sign that mediated settlement agreement that was not binding until your signature hit that, that paper, it's binding because the other side is probably happy and they're going to attach it to their the actual order. That's just the, the temporary from the mediator's office. They're going to attach it and that's going to get filed. Once right. you sign it, you better have some really good reasons why you want to get out of it because that's a binding contract. Right. There is no turning back. Right. Now, if they don't agree mm -hmm. in the mediation, so that's if they agree that mm -hmm. the mediator will drop some papers for signatures. Mm -hmm. If they don't agree, then the mediator will summarize the issues that they didn't agree on mm -hmm. and say, okay, guys, moving forward, this is what you need to focus on. Maybe the next time the judge orders you to mediation, these are the issues that you need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these are the issues that you need to talk about, and these are your problems. And then you'll just. I will go from add there. this though. It seems like every mediation I've been to that's paid. I don't know why. Maybe they get more references in the courts if they do a settlement. But they've all said, "Oh, we didn't finish the mediation. We didn't settle." But I'm going to give you until this date to reconsider or look at these. I take that back. Even the non-paids have done that. We're going to. Will you agree to keep this offer open? until this date, even though he didn't agree. Now, I've had that a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. And that's actually kind of helpful because you don't make any agreement. You just sort of leave the last offer on the table, but you're not agreeing. Mm -hmm. And make clear you're not agreeing. I've never had anybody go back and say they wanted to do it, but it's kind of nice feeling like the mediator feels like they did something. Right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Um, okay, well, we're going to go take another break. Uh, send us your questions. Uh, watch us on Facebook and question us on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash legal connection show. Send us your questions. We'll be glad to answer them. And uh, we will be right back talking about mediation today after the break. Did you know that there are over 153 million orphans in the world today? The sad reality is 99% of those kids will likely never be adopted. Core Love is an organization right here in Conroe that takes care of orphan children in Haiti, Honduras, and India. We bring the love of Jesus by providing their six basic needs of clean water, proper food, health care, education, job skills, and a loving home. Visit corelove.org. That's C-O-R-E-L-U-V dot org. Will you help defend the orphan? Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Welcome back to the Legal Connection Show. Today, Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani are talking about mediation. And um, I just want to make a few points before we go into some listener questions. Um, do you, people ask, do you need a lawyer to mediate? And I think, I just want to say that it, I think that you need to have a lawyer with you, but you do not. You can go into a mediation without a lawyer. You well, can I mean, if you have yourself. an attorney and they don't show up, it seems a little odd that your attorney wouldn't show up and the court sees that. Yeah. That would be bad. 
Uh, but yeah. But but what about cost? I mean, someone may say, I mean, I've got a client right now. I don't want you to come to my mediation. I can't afford it. I got to pay the mediator, and then I'll have to pay you. Um, I think that a lot of clients can handle it on their own. They're they're educated. They should be able to do it. Um, I just it, but bring a good friend in there as a sounding board because sometimes some, they won't allow a good friend. They well, feel like that. I, I've been in a lot of mediations where the mediators are trying to get that person that's affecting the party out of the mediation. And then they do it through a clause in the mediation agreement, which says that that person is not a party to the suit. Right. So they got to get out. I've seen that. I've seen it in writing. I've seen them try it. And I had a mediator that's off of Vail Street, which I love her. I love her. Mm-hmm. Always has great pizza. All You know, she has three different sections. Morning, What's afternoon. her name? Do you remember? I can't remember. Now. You would have if I hadn't asked you. Yes. That's ex- she has the greatest uh, Christmas newsletters. But, um, uh, she allows people in there, and she usually kind of fights so people be more comfortable, and she keeps them separated. So I really like that. But, right. but, but you're right. They can say no to that. They can. And kind of, you know, try and, um, um, uh, you know, exclude that person that is keeping the party from agreeing to things. And mediation is not a form of counseling. It's it's a different thing. It's Hopefully it's a, it's a friendly environment. Not friendly, but it's a somewhat calm environment it seems like counseling though because when you bring it out again you've got the person that you're sitting there with in the room separately and they're just they're the good thing is about mediations they're they're, you've got some time with your clients you're charging them anyway and they um are giving you a lot more information in this setting than they normally would because you're actually forcing to sit down and think about it that's so true so um it's got some good points and some bad points but uh, and everybody i think we said this before anybody going through a divorce is never at their best they are always uh, unless they're the happy person that's waiting to get out of it and they've been waiting for this forever. Generally, people going through a divorce are in a terrible state of mind. They are not themselves. Right. They're making bad decisions because they're so emotional. Mm-hmm. They're losing part of what was their history, their family, somebody they trusted right. generally. Even if they want to get out of it, they're losing somebody they at some point trusted or have kids with, mm-hmm. like the intimate, the most ultimate intimate trust. And so um, uh, people are just not... Um, I, you have to always remember that. I have to remember that. When people are going to mediation, the mediators, mediators know this. People are not at their best, and that's why you need somebody there as your sounding board because you're not making the best and most clear decisions based on even clear facts, uh, you know, facts that aren't disputed because you're not in your right mind. Yeah, right. Mediation is supposed to be a fair process. I, I really think that if if a party feels like that they're not being treated fairly, they need to stop the mediation. Don't, don't go forward. Don't sign something. If you disagree with it or you think that it, you weren't treated fairly. Right. And that reminds me, if you do go by yourself or if you're by yourself because you're pro se, mm-hmm. use that lifeline. Get on your cell phone and call somebody. What do you think? What do you th- the mediator's not going to tell you. But if you need some, some input from somebody... I say if you are not feeling comfortable with it, walk away. Because you can always settle it later with that other person. You don't have to do it at the mediator's office. A lot of stuff has transpired. But once you sign that document, you are, you know, short of incapacity, being on drugs, uh, you know, being completely drunk out of your mind or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it may be. You're not, unless you've got some contractual reason to get out of the contract, Mm -hmm. you find out that the mediator is related to the other side or something, you know, Mm -hmm, some bias or whatever. Then, um, then don't sign. Just walk away. But do collect information. Use your time wisely with that. Right. And it, it's the mediator's job to try and subdue some of those contentious issues and fights. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people go into mediation and they're already fighting. And that's why they're there. But a professional mediator, a good mediator, 
will subdue those topics and help you find a pathway through each one of those issues and come to some sort of agreement. And that reminds me, um, and you being a mediator and, and me having been exposed to this, first, uh, there is a rule of civil procedure, and I can't remember them right off, that you can't um, bring up anything you learned in mediation that wasn't admissible. Absolutely. Any settlement um, discussions are not admissible. Yeah, in the mediator trial. can't talk to the court about it either. But um, the mediator is not supposed to talk to the court or to the other side if you ask them not to provide confidential information that you've just shared with the mediator so they would kind of understand where you're coming from. And time and time again, those mediators will tell the other side. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the bad mediators, not the other ones that have been pretty good. And you know this because it comes out in court. Oh, the mediator told me and stuff they would never have known that you've told them confidentially. So, you know, you have to be kind of careful about that, too. Sometimes you can't trust your mediator. Yeah, and you have to also make sure that you're specifically telling them, I do not want you to tell mm-hmm. this to the other side yeah. and make an impression on them yeah. so that they'll remember that. The mediator is that. supposed to be an, an unbiased third party that's not doesn't have a, a dog in either fight. They're not supposed to be, you know, trying to be the good guy to the court and settle the mediation by disclosing are, you know, tr- given secrets back and forth that no one wants them to give. That's, I've se- I believe me, I've seen this happen, and I'm, I'm stunned that they're still mediating and still getting, you know, court-appointed mediations. But it happens. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I want our listeners to understand that mediation is not the legal procedure that takes place, the legal proceeding that takes place in a divorce court. Once you, uh, if you go to mediation and you have a successful mediation and you agree to some things, that doesn't mean you're divorced. You're not divorced right. after successful mediation. You uh, have some some terms now that can be entered in for temporary orders. Well, if you've or- mediated an agreed mediated settlement agreement and it does cover everything, and I've done this before and I've been sort of reprimanded by the other side, but the, I think the, I've seen it. The judges like it. I like it. It makes everything clear. You, um, you attach that mediated settlement agreement um, to, to your proposed— well, when you when you submit the decree to be entered, you attach that. It's not it's not going to be entered as it is going to be an exhibit to show that you followed it when you entered the decree. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll put that on there. And I've seen it actually entered with a decree too, because mm-hmm. you're talking about pots and pans and you know the little teddy bear cookie jar with a crack in it or whatever. I mean, just ridiculous stuff that people will fight over mm-hmm. is actually in the mediated settlement agreement, but it it usually doesn't get it doesn't get transferred properly the way it's described so it's just easier to stick that thing on the back and and go mm-hmm. forward with it and that has saved me a bunch yeah putting those media to sell and it's not something i've seen i do it a lot i've seen it done a couple other times besides me doing it but if you've got a really good mediator and you've really mediated down to the nitty-gritty that may be your very best settlement agreement something you've agreed to yeah and you can't change your mind later mm-hmm. the mediator settlement agreement shows what you agreed to at that time the judges love that. They don't have anything to fight over. Right. I mean. But but after a successful mediation, it doesn't mean you're divorced, but it does mean that you've decided on the issues that you're divorcing right. over mm-hmm. that, that constitute your divorce. Who gets primary, um, who gets the, the right to determine the primary residence of the kids, what the child support's going to be, if there's going to be spouse support, how the property is split. That pretty much covers what any divorce mediation is going to be. Now, we're just covering divorce right now because we do right. so many of those. But we're talking the gambit. It could be anything. It could be an employment dispute. Right. I've had mediations so in federal court. I've had um, EOC uh, mediation. Yeah, mediations will cover any civil dispute. Uh, never have I seen a mediation in criminal because that's not something that gets right. sent to mediation. The state's right. not going to say, let's mediate over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the closest you could get would be, I guess, if you're going to go to the grand jury with something before it's been indicted, then you're sort of 
you know, trying to persuade the grand jurors that this shouldn't be indicted. There's not a probable cause. But that's not a mediation. That's not a, that's not a third party. Sort of. The, I mean, the grand jurors are kind of, Supposedly. you know, the third parties that are disinterested. But that's not a mediation. That's a completely different ballpark. So right. we're only talking about civil, but it will run. I've had mediation, like we talked about in one of our other um, shows, um, in JP court over evictions. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you have mediation all it, it runs from the very lowest court, not tickets. I've never mm-hmm. seen a mediation over a ticket, all the way to um, you know the highest court. So, and, and mediation in appellate court too. The, the appellate court will ask you, "Can this be mediated?" You will mediate even after you've gone to the jury trial to see if you can mediate the the appeal. The appeal. Mm-hmm. Wow. And and people do not need to file for divorce before going to mediation. I think. You just made that pretty clear. I mean, you can go to mediation anytime. Anytime. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Okay, so we got some questions here, Tony. You got some questions. What are what are some of your questions? Um, well, we are going to have a little. Um, it's going to we're going to involve Ethan in this too, and any of our listeners that want to think they can they can answer some of these questions. Um, it's a little test. The one that I pretty much nearly failed. <laughs> I would say 50% is killing. Okay. Okay. And um, so I'm going to ask one question, and then we're going to probably take a break, but we're going to see we'll how we do on this. These, yeah. All right. So um, based on what we've gone over today, uh, arbitration, because we talked about that. Arbitration is A, involves the resolution of a dispute by a neutral third party outside the judicial setting. B, is costlier and more time-consuming than mediation. C, is costlier and more time-consuming than litigation. Actually, it's about the same as litigation. More, more expensive than litigation, but I won't give away. And D, is an a specialized form of mediation. That's really hard to remember all that, but which one do you think is correct? A, B, C, or D? Want me to read them again? I think they are all they all apply. No wonder. Did you get this one right or wrong with your guest? Tell, <laughs> I tell got us. It wrong. I got okay, it wrong. Okay, wait. So now the challenge is on. Okay, so what do you think, Ethan? You want me to read them again? Please read them again. Okay. The answers are, what is arbitration? And the first, the first answer is, involves the resolution of a dispute by a neutral third party outside the judicial setting. B, is costlier and more time-consuming than mediation. C, is costlier and more time-consuming than litigation. D, is a specialized form of mediation. And I got well, I like B and D, okay. so I'm yeah. going to go for and, and A. You know, Ace, of course, sounded good, too, but um, I'm just going to go for D. Okay, what do you think? I'm going to go for B. Okay, I'm glad that I was not alone on this because I went with B. So you both chose B. And then D? No, um, I chose I D. she chose D. Oh, D. I Wrong. chose D. It's a specialized form was of mediation. D, right? D. Let, me, let me slap myself, too. Um, it's not a specialized form of mediation because it, it is a, a specialized form of dispute resolution, but it's completely different from mediation because it's paid, it's binding, it's got a judge, it's got a hold of it. Okay, different. so um, what about but, B? It was uh, A, B, right? It, it was A. I knew it. Yes, and I thought it was a costly or more time-consuming than mediation because it is. It is. It's a costly or more, but they didn't like that. Whoever, and this was um, through the McGraw Learning Center. But what was A? Oh, A. Um, involves the resolution of a dispute by a neutral third party outside the judicial setting. A is correct. A is correct. And yeah. and B yeah. is, I thought B was correct. Yeah. I thought C was correct. Mm-hmm. And I guess D kind of is correct, too. Oh, anyway, that was kind of tough. Um, do we have time for one more, or is it time to go on a break? 
That's okay. We're going to go to break. Um, check us out every Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. on 104.5 and 106.1. And you can download us tomorrow on Google Play or iTunes and listen to the podcast. We'll be right back after the break with the Legal Connection Show with Tony and Cheryl. The Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Does volunteering at a nonprofit horse sanctuary sound wonderful? Or are you a veteran or a veteran spouse and think trying a peer group session through a local Horses and Heroes equine program might be worth trying? Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary, located in Grand Central Park by appointment only, is home to a growing number of rescued and donated horses. Visit our website at henryshomehorsesanctuary.org or check out our Facebook at Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary for more information. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. Welcome back to the Legal Connection Show with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are here today talking about mediation. Tony, we have a question from listener Haley in Conroe, and her question is, who pays for the cost of mediation? Good question. We kind Haley. of answered that a little bit. What do you think? Uh, split. The Whoever pays. The cost of mediation are split between the parties. One party pays half, and the other party pays half. Generally. I will, I, will, I will backtrack on that just a little bit. Um, the judge can order that one of the, the other, one of the parties pay for all of it. For example, if um, it is an, a husband-wife situation and the husband is the breadwinner and has moved all the money and, you know, taken all the money as right. a spouse will do sometimes when they find out that their, their uh, wife wants to leave them or vice versa, um, one of the spouses may empty out the joint bank account. And you haven't gotten that money back yet. So that may be ordered by the judge, but it hasn't happened yet, particularly in temporary orders. And um, the, uh, if, if the judge has ordered mediation, uh, and I take that back because we're already in court at this point, but if the judge orders mediation because you're there for the temporary orders and he decides you need to do this first, he may order that the party that has the more money, the wherewithal to pay for it, pays for it. And particularly this happens when the other side wants uh, a choice of three mediators, and they're all expensive. None of them go into the free one. Typically, the judge will make the party that wants the mediation that can pay for it pay for the whole thing. Um, and I say typically, nothing's typical yeah, in family no, law. It's not but um, but typically, this cost is split between. Typically, the parties. Yes, yes. Yeah. And if you go to the dispute resolution centers, they will ask what each one makes. And if you make over a certain amount, you can't get a free one, but it's staggered down. And if one person makes a lot more than the other, I think that the, they they also prorate it which one can afford and maybe a little bit less for the one that makes less money mm -hmm. so that's that's a good question but i've seen it 
all different ways, but you're right. Typically, it is split. Each party pays for their share. If there's three parties involved, meaning there's two parties that sued, if it's a land deal, um, each party will be, each party within, you know, not just plaintiff, but but each party will pay a mediation fee. And we just had that the other day where we had two separate parties, a bank and um, the actual plaintiff uh, were considered two different parties. So they had their, each had to pay, I guess it was $900 each. Mm-hmm. And then we were a separate party and that so we had to pay 900 So that means one spot side was paying $1,800, mm-hmm. whereas and against the other side, which was 900 there's more parties involved. Right. Okay. All right. Do you have... You yes, got any more yes. questions let's, over let's there? Have a more, but more fun with questions that we may get wrong. Okay. According to the Federal Arbitration Act, under which of the following circumstances can an arbitrator's award be set aside? Now, this is the example where you got you can't get out of it. The arbitrator has made a decision. Like you go to court because usually it's that's like it's it's deemed judicial, but you're paid for. It's like a private uh, trial, mm-hmm. more or less, mm-hmm. and. Um, and you don't like it, and you want it to get set aside. Now, you can actually appeal those two, depending on what the arbitration rules are. But the answers to choose from are, the award was a result of corruption, fraud, or other undue means. B, the arbitrator displayed bias or corruption. Now, you can also apply this to judges, too, if you want to look at that. Even mediators, I suppose. Um, because what if you had a mediated settlement agreement and you wanted to get out of it? Mm-hmm. So you're applying these same rules, all right? C, The arbitrator was not a duly appointed judge or licensed attorney of the jurisdiction in which the dispute arose. D, the arbitrator exceeded his or her authority or failed to use that authority to make a mutual, final, or definite award. Now, I know I need to read those again, okay? I think it's B. Okay, you think it's B. Do you want me to read them again? Okay. A. This is this this is why this is your argument to get rid of the arbitration ruling. All right. Mm-hmm. A, the award was the result of corruption, fraud, or other undue means, and you can prove them. The arbitrator B, the arbitrator displayed bias or corruption. C, the arbitrator was not a duly appointed judge or licensed attorney of the jurisdiction in which the dispute arose. D. The arbitrator exceeded his or her authority or failed to use the authority to make a mutual, final, or definite award. I'm going to go with B. B. And you know what? I went with B, too, and we're all wrong. Is it C? It's A. C. Oh. C. And I thought it would be C. I thought it would be A, too. Because if you can prove. Yeah, but they don't care about that. Yeah, well, I think you probably could on A, too. But the rules, that's the, that's the distinction. The mm-hmm. rules say the arbitrator... Uh, must be a duly appointed judge mm-hmm. or licensed attorney, which makes it pretty easy, mm-hmm. of the jurisdiction in which the dispute arose. So if it's federal and you're an attorney in Texas, more than likely you can be an arbitrator. You're fine. <laughs> and, so it's, and, per- it's perfectly fine if, you're, if, you're corrupt, that's if you're corrupt, you have corrupt. That's what That's perfectly yeah. fine. Yes. And as the, long as you're well, a, legally appointed. Yeah, exactly. that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Hey, even if it's due to corruption, yeah. it's the result of fraud and corruption, yes. as long as you're a That's, licensed attorney. Okay. Hmm. Okay. The next one. Let's see if we can come get some more logic in here. Um, yeah, this was new to me. I'd never heard it called this, but let me see if y'all do better than I did because I missed this one. A summary jury trial is an abbreviated trial that leads to A, 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 blank, A, negotiated settlement agreement, B, Finding jury verdict. C. 
non-binding jury verdict. D, mediated settlement agreement. I'm going to read that again. A summary jury trial is an abbreviated trial that leads to A, negotiated settlement agreement, B, binding jury verdict, C, non-binding jury verdict, or D, mediated settlement. I go for B. Okay. Girl says B. Uh, let's go with D. And you go with D. And I want you to know that we all got it wrong for the wrong reasons. They're all different. What did you have? I had I had A. Okay, and it was C. <laughs> it was it was C. And what well, was the right answer? And, and I don't know if you're sure by this time if I was really reading it, so I give myself a break. But I probably would have thought it was negotiated settlement. Um, a, and I'm going to read the, it with the right answer. A summary jury trial is an abbreviated trial that leads to a non-binding jury verdict. A non-binding jury verdict. That makes no sense. Well, what's the point? I guess because you can appeal it. It's a summary, a summary jury trial. So it's a jury, uh, a non-binding jury. It says non. Oh, a summary jury trial. It's a non-binding jury. That makes no sense to me at all. That makes no sense. Okay, I don't even like this place anymore. Where's, where's yeah. it? Where I got this from? Get that. <laughs> I got McGraw Hill Global Education Holdings. Okay, um, I, I did not like the answer. Okay, next question. Um, the 1998, this is new, so it's not 2018, so it's 20 years old. The 1998 Alternative Dispute Resolution Act, colon, so you have, these are long answers, so listen closely. A, requires that in all district courts, civil litigants must consider the use of an alternative dispute resolution process at an appropriate stage in the litigation. Sounds pretty good to me. B, gives each district court the choice whether to require alternative dispute resolution. C, attempts to impress upon parties and courts the advantages of alternative dispute resolution. And D, all the above. D. Yeah, that's a good guess. All the above. You were all right. I picked D too. We all got it right. Yeah, because <laughs> why would they have that? Okay, we're going to go. Uh, Tony, we need to wrap it up. We're almost at what? the end of our time. Do you have any, you know, I just want to talk about uh, some other benefits of mediation, you know? Okay. I mean, let's let's end on mediation here instead of uh, the alternative dispute mm -hmm. resolution. You know, I think uh, benefits of mediation are that it's a, hopefully a friendly conclusion. It might pave the way for better, more amicable dealings during, say, in the process of the divorce. What do you think some benefits of mediation um, are? There are benefits to mediation because both parties are actually sitting down with their attorney and focusing on the facts of the case, sometimes for the very first time, because your client hasn't been completely frank with you, and you realize you're getting ready to go to trial, and this person has not given you the discovery you need, so it's a good come-to-Jesus moment, all right? And I'll also say in the mediations, I've been into several mediations where agreement has been reached and at the last minute, they, they, they pull out and say the person that's supposed to be there making the decision is not there. That's right. And Make that sure is whoever fraud. is there is that the person is fraud. or individual that can come to the mediation. Yeah, but they, they lie to you and say they're there and then it's fraud. So that's why I, a lot of times mediation just really sucks to me. Okay, guys, <laughs> listen, check us out on facebook.com forward slash legal connection show. Listen to us next Tuesday live, 12 to 1 p.m. on 104.5, 106.1. And always remember that you serve God by serving others That's on right. a happy note. It's true, though. You serve God by serving others. Everyone do that today. Serve somebody. That's right. That's a good goal, a good focus. Listen, you guys have a great week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your input. And we will be back here next week, Tuesday. 
12 p.m. on IRLoneStar.com.